you might go to St. Pius X school or some other grade school in town. You might go to the middle school or the high school or a college or a graduate school, or your days in the classroom might be a far distant memory at this point in your life. But it really doesn't matter. Two weeks ago, we were all the same. Two weeks ago, as residents of southern New England, we all attended the same quote-unquote academic institution. It was called Sandy's School. None of us liked it, but that didn't matter either. We were forced to attend classes anyway. But that, my brothers and sisters, in the long run, wasn't a totally bad thing. In fact, if we learn the lessons that our teacher Sandy has taught us and put them into practice in our lives, they can actually bring us great blessings, both here on this earth and, even more importantly, in eternity. By now, I'm sure you understand that the Sandy I'm referring to who taught us at this school is none other than the hurricane slash super storm that we experienced back on October the 29th. The devastation Sandy caused, especially at our beautiful beach. I don't know about you, but I really appreciate the beautiful beach we have always had here, and hopefully you do as well. But the devastation she caused was almost beyond belief in some parts of that beach area. Most of you, no doubt, have seen the pictures. For any of you who were alive during the hurricane of 1938, I'm sure all of that brought back memories, some incredibly horrible memories. I'm trusting that the words of today's responsorial psalm are prophetic in this regard. There we are told, the Lord raises up those who were bowed down. Our community and so many others along the East Coast, especially in New Jersey and on Long Island, they have been bowed down for sure in recent days. Let's look forward to the time, hopefully in the very near future, when we will be raised up. But in the meantime, we need to take advantage of the opportunity we have to grow from this experience, especially in the spiritual dimension of our lives. St. Paul says in Romans 8.28, For those who love God, all things work together for good. Notice he doesn't say that everything that happens to us in life is good. That would be a lie. That would be false. But he does say the truth. He says, he reminds us, that for those who do love the Lord, all things, including the sufferings and the tragedies and the Hurricane Sandys of this life, can work together for our ultimate spiritual benefit. These things can make us better and stronger and holier if we allow them to. So what are some of the lessons that we can take with us from our recent time in Sandy's school? Well, lesson number one should be very obvious. We are not God. You are not. I am not. No human being is. Now, some people in our modern world may play God by destroying innocent human life through abortion or other means. New Agers may think that they're divine, 
And some, like the scribes Jesus talks about in today's gospel, may want other people to treat them like they're divine. But there's only one Lord, and he reigns forever, as we're told also in today's responsorial psalm. The second lesson follows from the first. Because we are not God, many things in this life are totally beyond our control. So our trust ultimately needs to be in the Lord, who can help us to face, who can help us to deal with the uncontrollable things in life, the uncontrollable Sandys of this life, as he helped the widow of Zarephath in today's first reading. Lesson number three, nothing in this life lasts forever, and we shouldn't expect it to. We talked about all of this at youth group a couple of weeks back, or a week and a half back now, just after the storm, and as some of our teenagers wrote in their reflections, worldly things are not eternal. Well-put teenagers, some of them are here this morning. And this is why lesson four is so important. Lesson four is people are more valuable than things. The book of Revelation tells us that when we die, our good deeds accompany us into the kingdom of God. It doesn't say anything about our stuff coming with us. That's because we leave all of that behind. We will not get any prizes in heaven for our possessions here on earth. How many of them we had, how wonderful they were, nope. We will be rewarded, however, for our charity, for our love of neighbor. So I guess you could say that lesson four has a second part. People are more valuable than things, so don't get too attached to your stuff here on earth. Because sooner or later you're going to have to let it go. All of it. If it doesn't happen through a tragedy like Sandy, death will certainly do the trick. Lesson number five is one that we should all have learned as soon as the lights went out on the Monday of the storm. We need other people. Almost all of us needed Jack Carey and the people from National Grid to get us out of the darkness and into the light, so to speak, after the storm. Many of us needed assistance in other ways, and some of us still do. Tragedies like this make it very clear that we are not and are not meant to be lone rangers in this life. We need our brothers and sisters. That's why today's gospel is so timely. Here we encounter a widow who gave what she could to help others. She gave in spite of her own poverty. She gave from her heart out of love for God and neighbor. And her gift was pleasing to the Lord. This woman was clearly right with God, which brings me to yet another lesson that we learned from Sandy, and especially from what Sandy did to so many beautiful buildings down at our beach. The lesson is, get right with God. Now, don't put it off. 
In today's second reading from Hebrews, it says that we die once, which means, by the way, there's no reincarnation. We don't come back as a tree or a flower or as Fido or Fifi or whatever you call your pet at home. No, we die once. And after death, we are judged, as the texts say, as the text tells us. But you see, that moment, that decisive moment when we exit this life and meet the Lord face to face, that can come quickly and unexpectedly. As quickly and as unexpectedly as the end came for those beautiful homes and businesses on Atlantic Avenue the other day. So the bottom line is this. If you've been thinking of going to confession and have been putting it off, stop putting it off. Think of the Andrea, or the Pleasant View, or Patty's, or one of the other places at our beach that was ruined. This brings me to the last lesson I'll share with you today, which in some sense ties together all the others. It's crucial, absolutely crucial, that we center our lives on the unchangeable, not the changeable. The Bible warns us often and in various ways that it's a mistake to put your ultimate hope on anything or anyone in this earthly life, in this world, because the world is constantly changing. In the letter to the Hebrews, we are told we do not have on this earth a lasting city. In 1 Corinthians 7, St. Paul says, the world as we know it is passing away. And St. Peter, in his first letter, quoting Isaiah, says, the grass withers, the flower wilts, and we might add, the beach erodes, but the word of the Lord endures forever. In today's second reading, we hear about Jesus' once-for-all sacrifice which is one for all of us and the whole world, the grace of eternal salvation. That grace is always available to us, praise God. All we need to do is reach out for it, in faith and in repentance. And it's always available to us precisely for this reason. It's because Jesus Christ doesn't change, like the New England weather changes. Somebody was telling me this morning as I entered church before the 7 o'clock Mass, Father Ray, it's such a beautiful day. It's so warm now. Isn't it wonderful? I thought to myself, yeah, just wait. <laughs> a couple of days, we'll have our winter jackets on again. In fact, I've already got mine put on, and I'm not taking it off at this point. You know, once I make that change from fall, no, forget it. I made the commitment. <laughs> but that's how it is. Well, Jesus does not change. Like everything on this earth changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's why our relationship with him has to be our number one priority in this life. So there you have it, a few of the lessons that we can and that we should learn from our common experience in Sandy's school. In closing, I think it's safe to say that we have all had teachers in our lives that we have liked a lot more than Sandy. I certainly have. 
But you know what? Popularity is not the ultimate measure of a teacher's effectiveness. The effectiveness of a teacher is ultimately measured by how well that teacher conveys the truth to his or her students. Well, based on that criterion, I think we'd all have to admit that Sandy was a very effective teacher for all of us, for everyone in this area, because she taught us some of life's most important truths in a very powerful and in a very memorable way.